Over a month now without hockey, but the boys of N10 are here with you. TV, Joe, and Flags are all back together after a week break for Joe. And we have a filled episode for you listeners, including actual hockey news for the first time in a long time, including some signings. And finally, our Mount Rushmore segment we've been waiting for in our dock uh, to announce for a very long time. So that was Joe's idea for like a month now. And now we are going to fulfill that idea from Joe. So the boys are obviously back. I mentioned that. And yeah, we got two people who just finished school. So how did that go? Thank God I'm I'm done. I'm not really as excited as I should be because I'm going to have to take courses again this summer because I lost my co-op job which is like most students anyways so I'm not like I'm not um disappointed about that I kind of expected that to happen but I'm not as excited about finishing school as I should be because I'll still be in school this summer so yeah yeah that sucks um for me I only have one school term left now yep. and that's starting in September so I'm like almost at the finish line of my undergrad so it hasn't really hit me yet though but uh, I know when I finish, it'll definitely hit me that I'm fully done school. Yeah, you're it's, out of that place. It's bittersweet because like, I enjoy yes. being in school still, but I also think it will be nice to be done and like join the real world. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you perfectly said it. Another guy who wants to join the real world right now is Dustin Bufflin because his, term, his contract is now terminated from the Winnipeg Jets. Uh, they mutually agreed that, I think, yesterday. So Dustin Bufflin is technically a free agent, but someone thinks that he will retire and is and Flager is that person. Why do you think that? Uh, I just think that he's done, to be honest. I, I've heard in interviews and, like, on podcasts that have, like, I think Spin Chicklets had a few of Dustin Bufflin's teammates on before in the past. Um, and they've said that he doesn't really care too much about hockey. Like he doesn't really work out much. Uh, he doesn't like when training camp comes, like he's always out of shape. Uh, so he has to get in shape during training camp, which is never a good sign. No. And he just, he's very like chill and laid back. And I think he just wants to enjoy life. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. From that's just kind of from what I've heard from, from interviews of like players that he's played with in the past. And I'm assuming that because he agreed to terminate his contract, yeah. that that obviously shows that he's kind of done with his hockey career. And, I mean, he had a pretty solid run, if you ask yeah, me. That's true. Yeah, he had a good career. I think he's going to retire, too. Like, there's no way that he would walk away from, like, $14 million this year and next just to sign, like, somewhere else for one year and just take a whole year off. And he's, like, 35 years old now, so I think he's – done too just i guess he just didn't care for it anymore like flagger said did we ever find out why he didn't even play this season like officially or is that still unheard of that's still like unknown right yeah because honestly i wouldn't be surprised to be honest if it had something to do with like if it was mental health related or something like that because that's something that most people would want to keep private obviously you know what i mean so yeah, I don't know. I'm just speculating that. I don't know that for sure, but I mean, good for him for um, putting that first. If if that is the case, I don't know. Yeah, for sure. And uh, yeah, you mentioned he had a lot of teammates that went on spinning chicklets, and another teammate of his just retired, announced his retirement a couple of days ago. Christopher Stieg retires from hockey this week. Uh, Christopher Stieg had 358 points in 643 career games. I uh, played for the Blackhawks, the Maple Leafs for a while. 
for actually half a season. The Flyers, the Panthers, and back to the Blackhawks and the Carolina Hurricanes and the Calgary Flames. So, and the uh, Kings. Yeah, Did you say the Kings? And the Kings, yes, and the Kings. He had five points in 14 games there. Uh, got traded from Carolina there. So, yeah, Chris Versteeg had a solid career. I mean, he won two Stanley Cups with the Chicago Blackhawks in 2010 and 2015. So, I mean, he was a yeah. part of that. He was a part of that Chicago Blackhawks team that I always bandwagoned as a kid. <laughs> Big Buff was there too. Yeah, Big Buff would have been on that team too. Yeah, so Chris Versteeg is walking away. Yeah, he was a pretty good playoff player. 48 points in 93 career games. Uh, yeah, his best season was 53 points in his second year with Chicago. 22 goals, 31 assists. But I don't think he was known as like the all, the point guy and scoring all the goals. He just came up in the big moments with playing with Kaner or just freaking plugging into the lineup in the playoffs and just getting points here and there. And yeah, I think Chris Versteeg's going to be a player remembered in Chicago for a very long time as well. For sure. That's how I remember. I remember him as a, a Chicago Blackhawk. Yeah, for sure. Uh, we got other hockey news, though. Um, Jonas Corposalo signed a two-year deal worth 5.6 on average. That's kind of... Uh, <laughs> it's yeah, I want to get your reaction from that. I don't know. Like, uh, I, I don't know. What do you guys what think? What do you think? I, I honestly don't know what to think about this. Like, It's whatever. Like, It's kind of a lot, but like... I don't know, man. I really don't know what to think about this. Wait, I thought it was 5.6 total for the contract. Maybe it is. Maybe it is. Oh, maybe is it? Oh, I thought it was AAV. I think it's if total. It is a, if it's AAV, that is a lot of money, I think. Yes, it is. <laughs> I don't... Okay, let me check right now. Yeah, check that. I could, I if it's 5.6 total, that's worth it for sure. I'm yeah, like I pretty sure it's just... It's like total. Yes, it's AAV of 2.8 per year. Okay, so that's all. Yes. Oh, okay. That's yeah. That's a good deal. Yeah, it's a good deal. Then he's twenty five, so he's supposed to be an RFA at the end of the year. So it is a very good deal, actually. It's <laughs> a really good deal, I yeah. think. He's he's a million. great goalie too. Yeah, if he can stay healthy, he's good. Yeah, he has a nine eleven this year. He has nineteen wins, twelve losses. So, yeah, Joe mentioned he's twenty five years old. He's still pretty young. I mean, he hasn't reached that goalie prime yet. Uh, Columbus what would you say? Their goalie. What would you say is goalie prime? What age would you guys say? 28 to 30 or so. Thomas? Yeah, I'd say like 27 to like 34. I'd say That's when goalies seem 20, to be. 27 to like 30, 31 probably. But yeah, we're yeah. all like in that same range. Yeah, late 20s usually. Anyways, what were you going to say, Thomas? I cut you off. Sorry. No, nothing. I was just like, he's young. I mean, it's a good contract for now. I mean, it's both good for Columbus. Columbus has a low cap hit in their goalie, and Corpusala has two years to prove if he's worth the 5.6 that he could get in the future. You know what? I think he'll actually do it. I think he's going to he's gonna prove that he'll be worth more money in the future. I don't know. I, I kind of like him. Like I think he's a good goalie. Okay, so we have another signing here. Two St. Louis Blue signings. One guy that I just discovered this morning, actually. <laughs> Mackenzie McEachern got signed to a contract extension with the Blues. I have no idea contract details. And I know Marco Scandella got, I think, a four-year deal. Yeah. We're 3.7 per, so he's like a solid 4-5 or five defenseman for yeah. the Blues. That uh, that kind of confirms that Jay Bomeister's career is done. I mean, yeah. kind of a replacement for Jay Bomeister, but it also is kind of speculated on Twitter that Alex Petrangelo is done in St. Louis because they don't really have much cap because they just signed uh, Scandella for four years worth 3.7, and 
I don't know the, con the cap space details on the Blues right now because I don't have the screen up for cap friendly, but it's pretty tight right now, I assume. But I think they have to get Petrangelo done, no? Yes, for sure. 100%. Yeah, they have to. Especially because he's going to be on some uh, some mountain we're going to announce in a few minutes. But yeah, he's their captain. He's won He won the cup, first ever cup for St. Louis. He's 30 years old. I don't know how long the contract's going to be. I'm sure he's going to ask for the seven or eight years like Burns got, kind of as a comparable. But the term and uh, the how money for Petrangelo, he? 30, I think, 31, 30. Oh, okay, I think yeah. he's 30. Like, so, I think a six-year deal would be reasonable then. It would be, but the players don't really think that, and they just do the seven-year, eight-year, and, and then kind of screw their team for the last two years of their contract. Like uh, like Brent Burns, I think he's making, like, what, $9 million for eight years? And Carlson's like, like that, but Brent Burns, I'd say Drew Doughty is more of a guy like that, to be honest. Well, I mean, he's still, like, a good defenseman, but Brent Burns, I wouldn't say, is one of those defensemen that's screwing him over. Oh no! In year two, in year uh, seven and eight, he will be. For sure. Oh, sorry. Yes, I thought. Okay, I no, thought you were now. saying like he's doing that right now. I'm like, dude, he's no, he's not. No, 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 no. Okay, no, never no, mind. But... I take that back. My bad. Yeah, but so Petrangelo's kind of kind of look at those contracts. It's gonna be tough. I mean, the Twitter's saying he's not gonna resign, so I don't know what. I I think he will. Just I don't know what he's gonna be at. I mean, right now I'm looking at their cap situation. So the only really UFAs are Troy Brower, which you're going to get rid of. That's mm -hmm. 750K. And then you have to move or buy out Alex Dean. That's the only way that they'll be able to do it. He yep. has one year left at 5.75. Like, that's just useless space. Oh, like he has one more year after this year. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Steen, you're talking about. Yeah. Hmm. They're gonna have to probably get rid of him. There's no one, and then like Jay Bolmeister will retire. Yeah, so we'll get that um, money. Yeah, they don't have much room. They're gonna have to make trades for yeah. sure. They're gonna have to sign Bennington after this season or after like next season. I mean, um, yeah, they do. But then Allen's a UFA, making stealing four and a half million. So he's gone. <laughs> yeah, so they'll get rid of that. Yeah. <laughs> So. Yeah, so they gotta they gotta figure it out this summer. Well, they have a lot of time now. I mean, they're they're broth, so yeah. Yeah, a yeah. lot of time to think. <laughs> yeah, a lot of GMs have a lot of time to think. These RFAs and Matt Barzell with uh, the New York Islanders. Lou Lamorello's got like what six months in his pocket right now. So yeah, yeah. what's going on in the NHL? And yeah, yeah. Speaking of what's going on in the NHL, uh, Flager has some news for us. Well, we officially hit one month without NHL hockey. Last Sunday on April 12th, the league suspended all games and operations on um, March 12th, it would have been. Uh, but this week, we found out that Gary Bettman, he went on, um, he appeared on an, in an air interview on Fox News' Mornings with Maria show, hosted by Maria Bart Bartiromo, I think. That's how you pronounce her name? I probably just butchered it. Before we get back to the episode, just a quick word from our sponsor. Have you checked out our brand new breakdown store yet on Tee Public? If not, then now is definitely the time to do so. Next week, April 15th to 17th, we're having a sale with our brand new logo and a bunch of new merchandise out. There's never been a better time to check out Tee Public than right now. We feature shirts, long sleeves, hoodies, stickers, mugs, and much more from a bunch of teams across all sports leagues 
Check it out now. Click on the link in our description. We got some main takeaways from this interview. This this was kind of like this is probably the biggest news of the week that we have. Uh, Gary Bettman mentioned in this interview that after speaking to players and the NHL Players Association, the league knows that players will need for sure two to three weeks to get back into game shape. Uh, so that means that before that the league resumes, teams are going to have to practice and and get ready to get back into game shape. So that'll that's that's a long time. Like, mm-hmm. there's a lot of factors here that are really gonna that the NHL really needs to consider. That's one of them, obviously. Another thing mm-hmm. that he mentioned is that the NHL has to be exploring the possibility of neutral sites for games because the effect of coronavirus might differ by location. And that could be the safest and most efficient alternative. That would be very interesting if that does yeah. happen, I think. I know there's there was like speculation that Vegas could be a neutral location just because it's kind of like in the middle of nowhere. Um, and I don't know. I think that would be kind of neat. But then obviously Vegas has home ice advantage kind of, which isn't even wouldn't even be neutral if all games had to be played there. Yeah, Anyways, um, another thing that was mentioned a very important thing in this interview is that he said nothing has been ruled in and nothing has been ruled out, which indicates that the league does not know what they're going to do to finish this season as of yet. And you can't really blame them because no one knows what the circumstances will be in a month from now, or even a few weeks from now. Um, And we're definitely like the time from that we're looking at for the NHL to come back we're definitely looking at the NHL coming back in the, in the summer months, like July and August, I think. And I, I think it's crazy if they do do that because that's what do you, what are they going to do about next season? Like players need a proper off season to prepare for the next upcoming season, the 2020, 2021 season. So I don't, I don't know how this is all going to work out. Uh, what do you guys think about this whole interview and what Gary Bettman had, has said? Yeah, I'll uh, I'll jump in here and I, like honestly, like from what everything is said online and Twitter, what I'm seeing and what Gary Bettman just said, like it honestly makes me just not want to hockey back for this year. Like it just it just seems like not a mess. It is a mess, but like not a mess, but like it just seems like so awkward. You know, a neutral site for NHL. Like, what's the point of finishing in the standings? I mean. There's, there's no point anymore, obviously, because they're going to have a neutral standings if the NHL comes back. And then another two to three weeks, that's basically a month of just practicing and maybe playing one exhibition game or two before they even start playing actual hockey. So that's like, right now it's what, April April 18th. So by if we're really like estimating here, they're going to start this in July and then they're going to start that in August, the regular, the regular season or whatever we're going to do. So that's, it just makes thing. me not, yeah. Sorry. Just Sorry. I want to like, inter- I want to interrupt you. Uh, that's the other thing too, is if um, they do, let's say the NHL does, let's say they come back in August. Let's say we have an actual time frame laid out. Okay. So let's say July, July, whatever, like the whole month of July, they teams just take to like get back into game shape and practice and get just get back on the ice and skating again, play an exhibition game or two or whatever. And then in August, what are you going to do? Are you going to you going to go right to playoffs like yeah. an extended playoffs or are you going to finish the regular season and then go into playoffs? If they finish the regular season, then go into playoffs, that's going to be cutting into the 2020, 2021 season. Mm-hmm. So I don't even know how that would work. So that's why, honestly, 
like I hate to say this, but I really think that the NBA and the NHL are both going to cancel their seasons. Yeah, that's what I think they should. Do, I really think, and if they don't do that, then I think the best option is what Joe mentioned, and I know I've talked about this last week too, Joe. You weren't even here, but um, I think I really like your idea of having a lockout next season in order to finish this season and have a proper offseason. Like, I think that's, I really think that's the way to go. I think that's the way to go too. Like, there's no, you're already losing tons of money now by not playing. So even if you have a lockout shortened season next year or just starting it like in January, still having a proper three-month offseason or whatever it is and then just delaying the draft and free agency to like September, early October and then start the season in January, like, it's not really fair to teams who like Tampa, who gave up first-round picks to win the Cup this year and then just cancel the season and then mm-hmm. they can't get those picks back. Like, it's yeah. not really fair at all. No. This is, like, obviously uh, unforeseen circumstances that we're living in right now. So I think both the NBA and NHL should salvage the season, but 100% just have, like, a f- half a game or half a season schedule for next season. Because, yeah. like, it, we've already seen it happen. It was successful. Chicago won the Cup. It was a successful season overall. This, the league still made money. There was a Cup awarded. So that's mm-hmm. the only way I could see where it's fair for both. It's, I don't think it's fair canceling this season and not even having playoffs. And then those teams that were gunning for a Cup this year, like Tampa or whatever, yeah. even Boston, mm-hmm. um, it, just to cancel it. And then those cores get a year older and the year of, of of their contract gets terminated and you don't win you can't even compete so i don't just don't think it's fair what do you guys think if the league like if this whole social isolation thing continues and the league has to play without fans let's say they do have to go to a neutral site to play games what do you think how would that work like do you think they just go to one city and just play in that arena with no fans like they, they, you think they'd play all the games in that one rink, or do you think they'd go to a city where there's like multiple rinks that they could play in? Which I don't even, I can't even name a city that would have that. I don't even know. Like, like just, I don't know. Just I don't thinking know how, about that seems like you're playing a video game. Like, just thinking about that, it's like that. that what? That's, that's like it's never gonna happen, and it actually might happen. Like. I, I don't I don't see it happening. Just like imagine if it does, that's gonna be weird, man. And it would suck for the players too, because they're away from from home. Like they'd probably be living in a hotel, mm-hmm. or like maybe a resort style. Well, some or I don't know. I don't even know where they would go. <laughs> to but see that on neutral ice. If that's the case, and that's what they're going to do, they already have to start planning that right now for sure, because the scheduling has to be done. The booking of hotels has to be done. The booking of the rinks, you know what I mean? Like the practices, like that has to be already scheduled out right now. I don't, I, yeah, I don't so think. you're you're saying like they'd have to have that planned out. Oh, you're yeah. You're not right saying now. that they should start right now. You're saying that no, they should already be planned right now because yeah. like that's, I don't know, it's just a mess. <laughs> like, yeah, maybe they have been planning it. Who knows, right? They have no, like but I, a bunch I of think things on the table. Like Batman said that nothing's been ruled in and nothing's been ruled out. So that, that kind of shows that they don't know what they're going to do. So I, I and I, I think I, I kind of trust that, that statement. Like I, I think if Batman knew something more than we did, he would, he would tell us, but I, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. And then, uh, 
Yeah, I know you wrote the Slager in the morning, but there's non-hockey news we have to discuss. Wait, Trump one last to... thing. Okay, Before we transition, I want to say yep. if, if um, that neutralized thing does happen and let's say the league plays all their games on one rink, the yeah. other thing you have to consider too is the ice condition. The ice would get chewed up like crazy if you're playing like a certain amount of games a day on that one ice pad. Like, Imagine how shitty the ice would get that you can't even play proper hockey. On a rink, that's all queued up. Right, so that's yeah. another factor, too, that they'd have to consider. So I, I don't see that happening, to be honest. <laughs> it's going to be weird. But, yeah, uh, so Flager didn't want me to get to this news, but I will now. Flager, wrote, you wrote this this morning, non-hockey news. Trump wants to reopen can- Canadian-American borders. Is he a, F word, nut? Yes, he is a nut. And I know that see, our provincial government... Mean. Our provincial government does not want that happening. They called him out on it, and um, yeah, like I, I don't think he's uh, <laughs> he's not in the right state of mind. It seems like I think he's going crazy in quarantine. I think he's just a meme. <laughs> that is true. There's yeah, nothing else to true. explain it. Did you see the beach opening yesterday in no. Florida? Good old Florida, man. Like they, what? They opened a beach in Florida, like. They like reopened their beach. Yep. People are actually like on the beach though. And it tons was of packed people. actually. Wow. I'm like, surprised. What are they doing? I don't know. I don't know. That country is man. like what? there's something else, man. <laughs> like I don't know what they're doing, man. Like just stay inside, man. It's not gonna get better if you don't stay inside and follow the rules. Like, oh, man. It's it's simple, but it is not simple to some other people. You know, like I see on my stories all the time, people going out and doing that. Like, no, come on, <laughs> like it's not going to get better if we start, if we do that. Yeah, no, you're right. Like, and that's that'll just push sports back even further. I think. Yeah, in our case, yeah, it will push a lot of stuff back. Exactly. Yeah, I know that Trudeau said that this whole like, like things won't go back to normal. Mm-hmm. For like at least a year. Yeah, probably. Like people are gonna have to continue like social isolating themselves. Not necessarily like like staying inside all the time, but like you you have to like be cautious about yeah. going out into public and everything. That's what I know. That's what Trudeau has said, and I I kind of agree with that. I think that that's that's probably what's gonna happen here. I think. Back to hockey news though. On this day. The day that we're recording, April 18th. Um, on this day, April 18th, in 1999, Wayne Gretzky played his final game in the National Hockey League for the New York Rangers. Mm-hmm. And I hope that there's been a lot of like old sporting events and old throwback games that have been airing on TV mm-hmm. because there's no sports on, obviously, to, to air. And I hope that Sportsnet or ESPN or whatever sports network can air this game because I've I've personally never watched a full um, game where Wayne Gretzky has played. I think it'd kind of be special to like to honor that last game and mm-hmm. and show like the new generations what Gretzky was like playing back in the day. I was, you know uh, what I mean? Yeah, I, I was watching like an old game where he scored. I think it was uh, he beat Gordy Howe's record. He was so dominant, man! Like just behind it, like no one could catch him. Like it was like playing with like two year olds. Like, it was incredible what this guy was doing. Like, obviously, the goalies have just flopped and tried to make the save, but Gwen Gretzky was so good, man. And with Liari Curry, Paul Coffey, like, oh, my God. And we'll mention those names later, but 
They were so good, man. I've never watched a full game of his. You know what? I, I should actually do that now that I have all this time. Um, but, like, from just watching, like, clips, I think he was always, like, he just saw the game differently. Yeah, he was one step ahead. Anyways, I think that's that's enough for news and discussion. I think we should go into uh, the main point of this episode, or the feature of this episode. What do you guys think? Let's go. Angel Mount Rushmore, but this is only Western Conference teams. Yeah, this is your idea, Joe. You gotta flourish it, man. Okay, so basically, we all put a list together of mm-hmm. four players, obviously, four figures on Mount Rushmore. So, four from every Western Conference team that we think best represents that franchise, whether it's the best, the most iconic players. So, we each had a list, and then Thomas compiled all of our picks. Most, like 99% of them were like the same for all the teams into one comprehensive list. So we're just going to go in alphabetical order here. So again, this is just Western Conference teams. And then, I don't know, next week or at a later date, we'll do Eastern Conference teams as well, obviously. So we're going to start here with the Anaheim Ducks. And so should we just reveal our overall list? And then we each have one or two honorable mentions. Yeah. Yeah. The overall list is the main thing. And then we'll just discuss after. All right, so our overall list for the Anaheim Ducks, Mount Rushmore, is current captain Ryan Getzlaff, ex-winger Corey Perry, Tamu Solani, and J.S. Jaguar. So that's our overall Mount Rushmore. So you got three forwards and the goalie there. So let's discuss. Yep. I, mean, I, w- I would consider adding Paul Correa on this sure. list, possibly in place of J.S. Jaguar. Because I think Getzlaff, Perry, and Solani are all, they have to be on that, that um, Mount Rushmore no matter what. Mm-hmm. But the reason I say Paul Correa is because he played like majority of his career in, in Anaheim. I don't know exactly how many seasons he played off the top of my head. But I know that he leads the Anaheim Ducks in points per game goals created per game like all, a bunch of like stats that like no one really cares about but like kind of should be considered points yeah, per game and goals per game too. are the main stats that he leagues that franchise and that's why i think he should be considered but i'm not against that Mount rushmore at all i think it's a good one yep i mean for me uh gets for sure i mean all these guys are the cup winners on that 2017 i believe yeah uh, so gets a lock perry's a lock team is a lock and jay shiger is a lock for me because he won a con Smythe in the year they didn't win the Stanley Cup. That was versus, I think, the Detroit... Uh, no, Carolina, no. I think it was New Jersey. New Jersey, that's right. So he won the con Smythe in that year, and they didn't win the Cup. So yeah. that kind of put J.H. Jaguar over the top for me, and because he leads their franchise in wins in the playoffs and the regular season. So, and yeah, games played, Shiger, too. Yeah, J.H. Jaguar is a lock for me. Like, I know games played is just, like, some people might think that's meaningless, but... Like, that's kind of a big stat. Loyalty yeah, to I the think, franchise. I think we should move on to uh, Arizona Coyotes, our next team. Our overall Mount Rushmore that we agreed on was Shane Doan. Has to be on there for sure. Yeah. Oliver Ekman Larson, Jeremy Roenick, and Keith Kachuk. Yeah, and these I, are all locks. <laughs> yeah, these are no-brainers. Um, For Doan, like, it's kind of weird. Like, he's obviously leads uh all the Arizona 
Coyote players in points, goals, all that stuff. But, yeah. like, he didn't even crack a 1,000 points, which is just, like, in all those games played, which is whatever. Like, he, we have no idea if he'll be in the Hall of Fame. Like, I don't think he will be. But, like, in terms of Arizona sports, he's a, definitely an icon. Like, yeah. when he played for the Coyotes, he was, like, involved. I think it was, re- like, I watched his documentary, like, during his last season. He was, like, involved in, like governor council meetings like they would (laughs) they valued like his opinion and his thoughts on like certain processes in the city and stuff so he's like more than just a hockey player there and then like ekman larson's like their best player now and then jr there he was great him and kachuk in the in the late 90s early 2000s they were a great american duo that played for them as well so yeah and then of course like don't impact like i kind of mentioned before it's not just arizona but one player in particular, Matthews, was his favorite player growing up was Shane mm-hmm. Doan. So yeah. he, even though he wasn't the best or flashiest player at all during his career, he was still a very solid player and like an icon in that city. And a great leader too. Yeah. And Shane yeah. Doan is another player that was like, I, I think he was very heavily involved in the community there too, um, if I'm not mistaken. I know that he he skates with, or he had skated with Matthews in the past, I think, like when Matthews was a kid, I think, if I'm not mistaken. I, I actually don't know if that's true. I shouldn't have even said that, to be honest. <laughs> I think that is true. I, I don't know. Uh, but I know that, like, he had a huge impact on, like, minor hockey, too. Like, a lot of minor hockey players in Arizona obviously looked up to him because he was kind of, like, a face of the Arizona Coyotes yeah. at the time when he played for them. So he has to be on that list. I think all four of those guys are – Great players to include on that list. Yeah. I think they represent the Coyotes very well. Yeah, just a quick. And uh, they yeah. have to be wearing those. Um, Kachina. Those, yeah, the Kachita jerseys. Oh yeah. If they, uh, Thomas, if you make a graphic for this, I think you're gonna put a video together for this. Yeah, I only put segment. heads though. Oh shit! Yeah, okay. I, I was gonna heads. say if you put like their full bodies, you have know, to put them in the Kachita jerseys because those jerseys are legendary. They're fire, yeah, they're unbelievable. But uh, I just have a quick thing to say about Ronick and Kachuk. They're both American, and I think they're the the two players on this list in the Western Conference that we'll mention that have played less than 500 games for the franchise, and they're on the Mount Rushmore. So Ronick's played 454, and Keith Kachuk 332, and they're on the Mount Rushmore. So that that just says a lot about them. That just says how much points they got. I mean. Kachuk had 334 and 332, so that's over a point per game. And then Jerry Maronik had 379 in 454, but his impact on the community in the playoffs when they went there was un- incredible. So, yeah, two players that played under 500 games for their franchise and are on Mount Rushmore, that's pretty impressive. Yeah. Now we're moving on to the Calgary Flames. So this one, I think we all were able to get three locks for sure. But the fourth one, we all had a different player. So our overall list came to... For the three was Jerome Ginla, Al McKinnis, and Mika Kiprasoft. Mm-hmm. So now we could all say who our fourth guy should be. So my fourth guy was Lanny McDonald because he did captain them to I think their only Stanley Cup win in nineteen eighty nine. So that even though he was kind of older when he was there, like I just kind of threw him in there because I think he retired right after they won as well, and he was captain. They won and whatever. So I put him there. But you two have different guys for this fourth spot. Okay, I don't really have like a super valid reason for mine. I said Theron Fleury, and that's simply because when personally when I think of the Calgary Flames, that goal, I I just yeah, like I just yeah. 
I picture him as one of their greats. So like that's kind of why I included him on my list. And Thomas, you have a current like a, a player from the current age on your yeah. list. You want to mention who you have? Yeah, I he's have, your uh... he's your boy, Thomas. He's your man crush. Yeah, I, I guess. Yeah, I have Johnny Goudreau, but like I kind of shifted my like my uh, my liking into Theo Fleury as well because I was looking at his stats recently, and he has sixty two points, I think fifty seven playoff games, and yeah. that iconic goal for the Calgary Flames where he's just sailing hard down the ice and flopping into the in the boards there, and he's also second in franchise points, eight hundred thirty and seven hundred ninety one games. So I, I I was Johnny Goudreau just to get, kind of get a current player in there, but. I think I shifted my way to Theo Fleury as well. So, yeah, I think Theo, I think Goudreau by the end of his career though will be yeah, like, I think so. Like a first ballot Mount Rushmore Calgary Flame. <laughs> That's why I kind of put it just like I guess projecting, but no, yeah. I think Theo Fleury does definitely deserves to be there. But also Landon McDonald, yeah, you're right, Joe, captain the Calgary Flames their only cup. So and that iconic iconic mustache and that freaking mouth opening when they won the cup. That's, yes. That, that's yeah. Like, yeah, the guy looked like he was 65 when he won the cup, for God's sake. Yeah, he did. He did look much He 65. also played for the Leafs, right? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, he started with the Leafs, like in the 70s, I think. Right. He, I don't yeah. think he was there for that long, though. But then, yeah, Calgary is where his his career, like, kind of exploded. Yeah. Anyways, then, let's let's go to the Chicago Blackhawks. Thomas, you're a big Blackhawks fan, kind of, so you, yeah. you mentioned well, this one. When they were in the playoffs and the Leafs were in the yeah, I was, but... Uh, not anymore, but same like, for uh, me. So, yeah, with you, you mentioned that with Christopher Steig, but the Mount Rushmore overall for this one was Stan Makita, legend, uh, recently passed away, so RIP to him. Patrick Kane, a, a, a current Blackhawk player, Bobby Hull, and Tony Esposito. I know uh, Flagger had one different player on his list than we have in the overall list. Uh, who was that player, Flagger? Uh, well, that was Dennis Savard. This is another one that. Dennis Savard, he didn't play... I don't remember how many seasons he played for the Blackhawks. I think he only played like four or five seasons for the Blackhawks. So it wasn't like... He wasn't there for very long. But he's another player that when he played for the Blackhawks, he was very, very good for them. Yeah. He, he leads their franchise in assists per game and points per game. Which, again, those are stats that like are kind of... Like they're extra stats, but they're important to me. So that's why I said Dennis Savard... Um, in replace of who? Oh, Tony Patrick Esposito. Kane was the the player that I. Uh, no, Patrick Kane. Oh, Patrick Kane. Like Patrick Kane. Okay, by the end of his career, I would probably put Patrick Kane on that list over Dennis Savard. But as of right now, I'd put Savard over over Kane. This one was tough though because there's a lot of guys yeah. on on the Blackhawks right now that are up and coming. Mm-hmm. Uh, like for me, too. like I would, like Taves is one player that I would consider putting on there. Yeah. Uh, like he doesn't do anything spectacular stats wise, but he's just like he's leader. a great player. Yeah, great leader too. Three um, cups. And even like you guys might think I'm I'm pushing it a little uh-huh. here, but Duncan Keith or Brent no, Seabrook yeah, yeah. are are two other guys that I think could easily be the face of like defense on the Blackhawks. I don't know. Yeah. No, that's not stupid at all. Keith for sure. I mean, Seabrook's a bit much, but yeah, Seabrook, I'm pushing it, but I think Keith, Keith for sure. Yeah. yeah. All right. So the next one here, we go to Denver for the Colorado Avalanche. So all four of us had the exact same. Actually, no, not the exact same, but ninety nine percent of this was the same. So the overall list was Joe Sakic, Peter Forsberg, 
Nate McKinnon and Milan Hayduke, and Flager had one other player that was different. Yeah, okay, this one is another one where you, 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 you easily could put five guys on yeah. this Mount Rushmore because Patrick Roy, or Patrick Waugh, I guess he is how you actually pronounce it, he played 478 games for the Colorado Avalanche, he leads their franchise in wins. He leads their franchise in saves. He leads their franchise in shutouts. And he leads their franchise in save percentage and goals against average and all these other stats, like adjusted stats and all this shit. Like, he, he's he's a legend. He's yeah, for a, sure. like a, a goal or a legend goaltender, I guess you'd say, in, yeah. in the NHL. And I think Colorado was where he shined the most in his career, I'd say. And he's by far like he should be on this list for me. That's why I I put him over uh, McKinnon. I think again, I'm I'm basing my Mount Rushmore based on um, like careers, like full mm-hmm. careers. And McKinnon obviously hasn't done his career yet, so maybe by the end of it he'll be on that list. He probably will. But for me right now, I think Patrick Waugh should be on there. The reason I have McKinnon on here is because he's already fourth all-time in Colorado Avalanche points with 495 and 525 games. That's incredible, and he's only, what, 24, 23 years old? So that's pretty impressive. I mean, at the end of his career, I think he will overcome Joe Sackick's 1,115 points. But uh, that could be a stretch for some people, I guess. No, you're you're right, I think. Nathan McKinnon is, like, amazing. And, like, just looking at the points for the Avalanche... Like, they've had a lot of good players, but a lot of current players are in the top 10. Like, Matt, uh, D- Tyson Berry just left. Matt Duchesne's there. Paul Stasny just left. Gabriel Landeskog and Nathan McKinnon. Like, that's that's one, two, three, four, five players that played in the last, like, five years of their franchise. So, I mean, yeah. does that say something about their points or players that they've had in their history? I think for them, when they were so dominant in the early 2000s and late 90s, they had so many guys that they kind of acquired at the deadline and stuff. So they only played like two or three seasons. Like Ray Bork, for example, played two seasons. He's like a top three defenseman of all time. But like he's somehow like he could be like top 20 in points in the franchise. So just like stuff like that. Uh, they just had a lot of players that played like a couple seasons. Like they had Rob Blake uh, as well. So and they also had like other guys as well that were kind of like there for a few years, won the cup and they left. So. I think that's the reason why. Plus, they've only been around for since 95. It's only been about 25, 26 years they've been around. So. Yeah, I guess we could shift things to ta- Dallas, Texas, and with the Dallas Stars here. So the overall list we've had is obviously Mike Madano, uh, Sergey Zubov just recently went into the Hall of Fame, Marty Turco, and Jamie Benn. So any uh, concerns on this one, guys? Yeah, I have one. Uh, I think... Said that Ed Belfour should be on this one, I think. And who did I replace him before? I said Medano, Turco, Belfour, and Zubov. Oh, Jamie Ben. See, I, I don't know why I'm going with all like the the old timers here on these lists. Yeah, like I'm not adding. Players, eh? I know I'm not adding any because the thing is, not all these players have proven themselves yet. Like, what if Jamie Ben gets traded and like plays the rest of his career for like another team? I don't know, like. You know what I mean? Like, you never know what could happen. Mm-hmm. So that's why I'm sticking with the old-timers, I guess. Um, but that's Belfour, uh, uh, Belfour, he, he basically leads 
Turco leads Actually, them. Yeah, no, I was going to say Turco. I'm looking now. Turco leads them. And... Yeah, I wouldn't put two goalies but, no, for but Dallas. No, but didn't Belfour... What? What's that? I, no, I, I just... I wouldn't put two goalies for Dallas. Like, I, if I think of Dallas, I think of Turco as, like, their main goalie. You know what I mean? That is true. Like, honestly, you know what? I, I'm not even going to lie. I kind of forgot about him when I was making this list. But, he yeah, was, like, you're right. very like, underratedly good. For sure, and he was with them. I think he was with them when they won the cup. I know Belfour was. Yeah, Belfour was. Yeah. Um, I don't know. If, I think Turco might have been in the league then too, though. Fuck, I forgot about Turco. No, but the reason I was gonna say uh, Belfour was because he made the All Star team two or three times, I think, when he was with the Dallas Stars. Or no, fuck, that was the Blackhawks. I wasn't even the Stars, man. Man. Hockey references letting you down. I should have put Turco, man, instead of Belfour, probably. I like including one goalie on all these lists. I don't know if you guys have realized that. Yeah, well, some goalies have been really, I guess, what's the word, uh, loyal to their team and very good. Yeah. And these are two goalies that are very good. (laughs) But obviously, Turco is just a bit better, I guess. And Jamie Benn's second in franchise points, so I think he has to be on it. And he's also the captain. A fifth-round pick years back. A fifth-round pick. Yeah, he's got to be there. So, like, in a few years, Sagan could be there, for sure. Yeah, maybe. There's a lot of players, well, not a lot, but there's some players, like Brendan Morrow had a decent career there, Mike Ribeiro, Yuri Lettinen won the, I believe, um, the Selkie Trophy, the only last winger to win that award in the NHL. So, uh, Joe Neuendijk was also there. I got a lot of Brad Richards. Like, there's a lot of good players there in in Dallas. So, obviously, Brett Hull with that... uh, uh, foot in the crease, gold in the Stanley Cup. But, yeah, he was only there though for like. Not yeah, long. he wasn't there for a long time, but just the iconic goal, I guess. Yeah, that was against that uh, Buffalo Sabres Buffalo. fans. Want to forget? Yeah. Who was the goalie at the time? Was it Hashik? It was. Yes, Hasek, it was. Yeah. yeah, it was right. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he's probably gonna be on a list uh, next episode if we do Eastern. So. Yeah. Yeah. But we'll switch things to one of the most dominant teams. Back in the day, the Edmonton Oilers. So the overall list we had here is not Wayne Gretzky because he's just too good. No, I'm just kidding. Wayne Gretzky, <laughs> Mark Messier, Paul Coffey, and Connor McDavid. So I know Joe did not put 97 on the list. He put a goaltender. Uh, was that goalie, Joe? I put Grant Fuhr just because he was there for all those cup wins that they have. And like he's kind of an underrated goalie. And a lot of people never saw him as good, but he always like got the job done. Like Obviously, Edmonton was dominant. Like, in the 80s, like, every game was, like, 8-5 or something like that. So, at least Fuhr would come out on top of all those games. And then I think he is the all-time franchise leader in wins. So, I just thought, obviously, McDavid would be there. I'm not even joking. In two years, he would probably be ahead of Paul Coffey in terms of overall Oilers. Because Coffey played for other teams as well. But mm-hmm. I just put Grant so- Fuhr because I knew... You guys would put McDavid just so I could get, like... Because, like, he is the all-time uh, wins leader, I think. Yeah. Yeah, he is. Yeah. Um, I was going to say, you think if we redid this list in two years, two, three years, you'd put... You'd probably have Gretzky, Messier, McDavid in here, is what you're saying? Not Coffee? Yeah. Because yeah. Oh, Coffee cool. played for Pittsburgh and Detroit as well, and he won cups at both those cities as well. So, yeah. like... Especially Pittsburgh, he was part of the Lemieux-Yager connection in the early 90s. 
So yep. he could be remembered as like a penguin too, as one of yep. their best defensemen. So he's just he Agreed. played like all, all over the place. But yeah, McDavid for sure would be like a lock, and I would maybe put Coffee to the side. But who knows? Yeah, I mean, there's one player he missed. He's second all time, uh, one thousand four hundred thirty-three, forty-three points. Yari Curry, basically the, I the guess, wingman. Yeah, wingman to Wayne Gretzky, and we missed him. But I, I would love to put Yari Curry, but just when I think of Edmonton Oilers now, I think of McDavid. So, yeah, right. I guess that's you got to put McDavid because he's just and he's the best player in the NHL on the world on the planet, in the galaxy. So yeah, Connor McDavid, I think, has to be there for me. Yeah. Yeah, that's an, that was a no-brainer for me. I had to include McDavid. All right, now we're going over to Cali this time for the LA Kings. So we all had a few different ones here, but our overall list was Luke Robitaille, Rob Blake, Anze Kopitar, Marcel Dion. But we do have Wayne Gretzky here as well. Yes. yes. Because he did spend a large majority of his career with LA as well as Edmonton. He also scored his iconic goal that passed Gordie Howe uh, with the LA Kings. He led them to the finals in 93. Mm-hmm. He really uh, brought hockey to Los Angeles. That's what was... I was just going to say. Like That's the most important thing for me. That's why yeah. I would have Gretzky on that list because the Kings, before Gretzky went to the Kings, they, first of all, they weren't that good at all. And then he went and like they kind of improved a little bit. Like, uh, I know that they actually started making playoffs when Gretzky joined the Kings. And most importantly, like, he really, like, he kind of saved, not saved hockey in LA, because I guess it always existed in LA for, like, as long as I could remember. But he kind of, like, brought hockey hype to LA, which is a mm-hmm. huge thing, I think. And that's why I'd have him on that list. Well, not only did he bring hockey to LA, he also saved Gary Bettman's ass. Because with all this expansion, if, if uh, Wayne Gretzky didn't go to LA, I'm sure uh, Gary Bettman would be fired as commissioner of the league. Because like, why are you bringing shit teams into the league, Gary? Right. I mean, he, he, that trade is going to be one of those trades that are going to go down in sports history. That it's like, why did he get traded? Like, we're never going to know why. Yes, yeah, because he never wanted to leave. You think that was like a secret? Like, yeah, I think it was so. like, like a behind the door thing. Yes, yeah, a hundred percent. There's no yeah, way in hell you would trade him for like scrubs and money. No, actually, I, agree. I think Edmonton won the cup after that. They, they too. did. They they won the cup two years later in 1990 with Messi leading the charge. Yeah, they did. Gretzky could have won like at least five more cups in Edmonton. Yeah, exactly. That's what I don't get. Yeah, like, he didn't honestly, even win one cup after he left Edmonton, and Messier won two. So his yeah. last one was, wasn't it? I don't think I don't know if it was the last season he was in it. It probably was the last season he was in Edmonton, right? It might have been eighty-seven or eighty-eight. I think. Something Did they like win that. in eighty-eight? Because I know eighty-eight, eighty-nine is when Kretzky joined the Kings. Yeah. So let me just pull it up quick. Yeah, pull it up quickly, but. But, yeah, I think he did win a cup in his last season with the Oilers, which also was a huge deal, too, Yeah, when he got traded. That, that yeah, also Edmonton like, won in 88. So, get this. Before Gretzky joined the Kings, mm-hmm. I don't think for at least five seasons before he joined the Kings, um, they didn't have a winning record at all. And then the first season he's with the Kings, what do you know? They go 42 and 31. That's like basketball now. You bring in one player and you're okay we're set 
42, 31, and 7. Sorry, I forgot. The, the a, a lot of uh, players like that were on Edmonton in those 80s teams, he also brought to LA. Like He didn't actually bring them, but I think he influenced management to bring them. Like I think Yari Curry, well, he played for the Kings, but I don't know if he won the Cup with the Oilers in 1990, but I know he was on the 93 Finals team with Gretzky. And I think there was Glenn... Oh, I think there was Marty, Marty McSorley. McSorley. Yes, yeah. he was on Edmonton as well. Like, he just had a bunch of other uh, 80s Oilers guys join him, like, in the early 90s as well. So, I guess the real question is, are we putting five faces? Honestly, you might have to chisel one in. Like, you really get, you guys think Rob Blake should be on this list? He is probably their best defenseman of all time, Rob Blake. So, that's why I put him there. Yeah, yeah, I guess. Like, I would say he's more iconic than Drew Doughty. Now, yeah, now, for like sure. Doughty well, could pass him. Who knows? Thomas was the only one that put Doughty. Yeah, yeah. because Doughty is already passed uh, Rob Blake in points. That's why. yeah, that's what I mean. It's like he passed and him that, in points, but like when I think of LA defensemen, I would put him, like him and Doughty as like one two. Right. Yeah. And then we we haven't even shifted things to Marcel Dion and uh, Luke Robitaille. They were yeah. Both scored over five hundred fifty goals. Like incredible. Yeah, I think I think Luke Robitaille is like top three in left winger goals all time. I think and we over six hundred. Yeah, so they're both great. And then Anze Kobotar, their captain right now, he's just unbelievable. Like from Slovenia, dude. Like, My yeah, Slovenia boy. Yeah. yeah, exactly. He's, I'm pretty sure he's the only NHL player to ever come from Slovenia. I should know that, but I'm pretty sure he's the only one. He's by far the best. So, yeah, well, is he not sure. the best like, athlete of all so, time? Yeah. Well, well, like I don't know. They've had like skiers and like they've had other athletes that like. Yeah, no, I guess he's their most known athlete for sure. Um, but I know when he plays with their national team, like it's basically Anze Kopitar, and then you could put like minor league hockey players with them because it doesn't even make a difference. Like, yeah. He's him and his brother. His brother's actually a good hockey player too. I think, I don't know where he plays right now. Uh, probably in Europe somewhere, but um, like he's, yeah, he's the face of their country, I guess for yeah. athletes. All right. Now are going up way North of LA to Minnesota for the wild. So a team that's mm-hmm. only existed for like 20 years, the Minnesota wild. So our overall list here is Miku Koivu, of course, leads the franchise in all, basically, statistical categories. Then we have Ryan Suter, Zach Prezi, and Marion Gabrick, someone who may have had to think a little bit to think about putting Gabrick here. Mm-hmm. No, you know what? Like, I kind of... No, I had Gabrick on my list. I had Koivu, Gabrick, Suter, and I said maybe Nicholas Backstrom. But I kind of take that back. I think, I, I think I'd rather go with Parisa. Yeah, these are all kind of self-explanatory. Yeah, I guess we could uh, shift things. Yeah, I was to... gonna say, like, do we have to discuss this one? Do you no, I don't to think discuss I... this one. No, they're pretty self-explanatory. The only, okay, I'll, I will say though, the only reason I was considering Nicholas Backstrom is because mm-hmm. he does lead their, um, their franchise in games played as a goalie, wins, um, and goals against and uh, saves as well. So that's you, like, yeah, and shoutouts too. I forgot about shoutouts. Yeah. So, like, you could make an argument for him, but I, th- I think I'd almost rather put Parise. Yeah. yeah. You could also, like, really make an argument for Devin Dumnik. Did he not win a Vesna or was nominated for a Vesna? I think he was yeah, nominated. But he doesn't, he doesn't lead their... Yeah, no, but... 
uh, franchise, though, and like any. That's what I mean. But Gabrick was their guy in the expansion draft, I believe, that they mm-hmm. got, and he was like the next freaking beret. So yeah, yeah, was, you gotta put yeah. Him one of their best players in franchise history. Um, the National Predators were moving on too. They have a weird one there at the end. Well, yeah, this is this is a weird one. But uh, Roman Yossi for sure, their captain right now. Pekarene, their only goalie in franchise history that I can remember, and uh, Shea Weber, their former captain, and then David Legwan. <laughs> <laughs> so random. Oh my! He was it's their first random. ever draft pick. Was he? Yes, in 98 when they came into the league. Well, see, Wegwan, though, leads their, he leads their franchise in games played, goals, assists, points, all these other random stats, like game-winning goals. Like, yeah, yeah. like he kind of like deserves a, to be on this list. He's kind of the face. He was the face of Nashville at one point. Yeah. But it's kind of funny that he's on there, to be honest. Yeah, and like literally like one or two years, like you can easily put like Forsberg here. Yeah, yeah so. for sure. Ellis. Yeah, Ellis for sure. Yeah. Guys like that. So, yeah, I mean, pretty self-explanatory. I mean, Weber and Yossi, that's pretty self-explanatory. They have to and be then, there, uh, yeah. Pekka Rene, yeah, he scored a goalie goal. I mean, <laughs> yeah. that's pretty. And he won a Vesna, so. Yes, he did. Stage, yeah. that was, I've probably said this before, but I know Stage said that. Rene is yeah, that's right. was the hardest goalie to score on. This was like back in like 2012, probably. But yeah, no. At the pick, time, pick a Rene is he's good, man. 359 wins, man. Yeah, yep. he might hit. He's might hit 400 in his career. We'll Very see. Very good goalie. Yeah. So wait, Next. I want to talk about okay. Legwan before we move on. Quick. <laughs> All right. Big so Dave. he does. I mentioned he leads the the franchise in games played, goals, assists, and points. Mm-hmm. This is his stat line, okay? 956 games played, 210 goals, 356 assists, 566 points. 566 points in 956 games. Like, it's not great, but, like, I mean, when you play that many games with a franchise, you're <laughs> obviously going to lead them, and, or you, you'd expect to lead them in goals, assists, and yeah. points almost. So, like, yeah, he wasn't, like, a great superstar for him, but like he's he deserves to be there on their Mount Rushmore. Yeah. Anyways, let's go to San Jose now. All right, San Jose. We got Jumbo Joe Thornton, Patrick Marlowe, Evgeny Nabokov, and Joe Pavelski. So these well, ones are all you, kind of self-explanatory. Joe, you had Brent Burns. Ex- I um, did over uh, Pavelski. Pavelski. Yeah, yeah. This one is kind of. Like, I just, I don't know why I put Burns. Like, now I'm thinking about it. Pavelski was there way longer and, like, was captain and stuff. Uh, I put Burns here just because of that three-year run that he had where he was basically, like, the best offensive defenseman in the league. And he was, like, a rover. So he was, like, a forward slash defenseman. So it was just, I put him there because, like, just his whole beard and everything is so (laughs) iconic about him and... How kind of messed up he is in his backpack that he brings every game that's like the size of like my bed. So I, I kind of put him there just for because of how iconic he is. But Pavelski is definitely more deserving because he was captain. He was a seventh round pick. Yeah. Um, and then obviously Marlowe is like a shark for life, even though he's played for a couple other teams. Nabokov is their best goalie of all time. Yep. 
and then Thorin got there kind of like in his mid to late 20s I want to say and then just he's more known as a shark for life for sure than a Boston Bruin yeah yeah people people picture I don't I actually think that if you were to talk to like like kids that were born after us probably like in the early 2000s I don't even think they would realize that Joe Thornton played for the Boston Bruins yeah probably like everyone everyone kind of pictures him as a San Jose shark mm-hmm. but they're all all these guys are legends they deserve to be on on the Mount Rushmore for the San Jose yeah. Sharks Dude, is the Bacup's number retired? I think so. Didn't For the Sharks this year, yeah. honor it or something. I think I don't remember. All these yeah, guys are really getting their numbers sure. retired. That's all I know. He was one of those goalies where like he was, he never went down. He was always like stand up, and he was really small. I think he was like five ten. Yeah. Made, he made himself look big, like six four. So yeah, he was he was he was decently underrated for the franchise. And Pavelski, like he's like. I don't know if he's like one of the most underrated players, but like he can score and fire that puck at will in the playoffs. Like I think he has like over a hundred points in 130 games in the playoffs. Wow. So he, he was a clutch guy to go to in the playoffs. And then yeah, Joe Thorne and Marlowe are pretty self-explanatory, but Logan Couture can definitely squeak in there in a few years. If he, he's currently the captain right now. So yeah, that's basically the kind of the sharks. Kind of funny that we're talking about Pavelski. Cause I was going through my hockey cards the other day just because I was bored out of my mind, and I found, I didn't even realize this, but I have a Joe Pavelski marquee rookie card, which oh, is kind of, it's kind of special. And I don't know how much it would go for, to be honest. If if he won a couple cups, the value of that card would be insane. That's the yeah. other thing, too. Like, none of these guys, I don't, yeah, I don't think sucks. any of them have won a cup no, at all. No, no. no which sucks, because, and especially when Thornton, Marlowe, and Pavelski were together, actually, Nabokov would have been there, too. Yep. Mm-hmm. All four of them would have played together. I, I think they were a great team. They made playoffs like a bunch of times. every year. It seemed like I think it would have been special for them to win a cup. And yeah. unfortunately, it looks like none of them are going to win a cup. I don't think. Yeah, unfortunately. I don't think so. <laughs> and the weird thing about all like the three of them that are on the route rush where they were all captains at some point for their team. They all got stripped at some point and were named to the other guy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Marlo to Thorn, Thorn and Pavelski. So. All right, next year we got Gloria, the St. Louis Blues. So overall, they've had a lot of players too that played for them. They're kind of like the 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 Colorado Avalanche. There's a lot of players that played for like a few years here that are like Hall of Fame legends mm-hmm. on other teams. Yeah. But our uh, overall uh, Mount Rushmore for them is Brett Hall, of course, Alex Petrangelo, Bernie Federico, and Curtis Joseph. But there's so many other players you can plug and replace. Yeah. For this Mount Rushmore. Yep. Chris Pronger was one that I... This was a personal one for me. I would consider adding Chris Pronger for Federico. In replace of Federico, I mean. That's just a personal opinion. Just because I I picture Chris Pronger as a St. Louis Blue, kind of. And I honestly don't even really know who Bernie Federico is. I mean, his stats are insane. But... Like I don't, I don't really know who he is. That's why I, I'm suggesting that. But most people would definitely go with the list that we overall um, like came up with. Yeah, it's, it's actually like pretty crazy. But Alexander Steen is five. That's For that says something about how long he's been there. Wow, five and top points. That's pretty incredible. And then yeah, you have guys like Bacchus, Oshi, Tarasenko, even Keith Kachuk. He could have been on t- Mount Rushmore twice. So. 
there's a lot of guys that like could be on here. I mean, <laughs> you left Cujo out, Thomas. Yeah, I did. I put Tarasenko, but I just realized that there's a complete mistake because Cujo is like a legend. Legend. As well, so. <laughs> yeah, he yeah. started like he was like amazing in the early '90s with them. So yeah, I, I, that was kind of a mistake on my point. But there's they a lot even of players, had man. Al McInnes for like a large part of his career too. Yeah. Like there, like I said, like there's so many other players that played for the Blues like during a part of their career that I remembered somewhere else. Didn't Gretzky play for the Blues at one point? Yes, he did. For yes, like he a did. season, right? I forgot about that. I just realized that. Yeah, he was with Brett Hall, and they didn't even win the cup together. Yeah, that's that's insane, actually. Yeah. All right, so now we only got a couple teams left here. So next, we're yep. moving to a Canadian squad in Vancouver. Vancouver Canucks. So overall, we have Trevor Linden, Daniel and Hendrick Sedin, no-brainers, and yeah. then Pavel Bure, which I think is a no-brainer as well. I think all four of these, for me personally, are are no-brainer. So mine, I had all four of those players, except I suggested that we combine the Sedin twins as one head, <laughs> and then we add Roberto Luongo on there. I don't know what you guys think about that. Couldn't do that. I mean, It's fair. I just think Bury, if you watch his highlights on YouTube, the guy was like, Arguably the best player in the league when he played. No, he I'm like, saying I'm saying to leave the list how it is, but just add Roberto Luongo. Oh, basically. okay, okay. No, Burry has to be on there. <laughs> like, okay, okay. I'm not saying take him off at all. Linden and Burry and the Sedin twins and Luongo, they all have to be on there. That's why I'm saying combine the Sedin twins as one head and then add Bobby Lou. Oh, yeah, that, that makes sense, honestly. Yeah, we could they kind of look the same anyways. Yeah. Just have a Sedin head. Yeah, we could do that. I mean, there's like, like it's there's a lot of good players on their team. Like Todd Bertuzzi had a brilliant career there. I mean, Marcus Nasland. Yeah. Oh, I forgot about Nasland. He was a good one. Who's their goalie? Um, uh, uh, Kirk McLean. Kirk, Kirk McLean. Yeah. Um, who else did they have? I'm just thinking back on that '90s squad that went to the finals. Trevor Linden, by the way, we didn't even mention that he. I think he's the president of of operations there in Vancouver right now too. So he didn't just play for like he was a legend when he played, but now he's like he has an office role too, which is huge. Yeah. Yeah, and I want to kind of go to Pavel Bray like he only played four so he's another guy. He's actually the third guy. He's less to play 500 games and be on a route much more because he played 430 something games for the Canucks and like his career was very short. It was only like 10 years. What a shame, man. He had like almost yeah, 500 is. goals. 31 he retired at, man. Like, that's... I, well, he, he played in... He played in uh, didn't he play in Europe before he came to the NHL? Uh, I don't know, but I, I don't, don't know, know why... Why was oh, his career yo. so short again? Uh, he had forgot. a lot of knee injuries. Oh. We forgot about Alexander McGinley. McGillney, oh, yeah. I mean... He played for, like, other teams, too. Like, he played for Buffalo. Buffalo. Iconic, was, too. Okay, there's this documentary. I forget what it's called right now off the top of my head. But it's about how McGillney basically broke. There was, like, kind of like this barrier where Russians didn't, like, because Russia was communist, like, back in the day. Well, I mean, I guess they still are. Um, anyways, back in the day when they were, like, hardcore communists, they wouldn't allow their players to leave Russia. I guess they would have been the USSR at the time. Uh, yeah. Anyways, so um, McGillney was the first Russian player to come overseas and play hockey in the NHL, which is a big deal because 
the NHL had to send like scouts and like recruiters out to Russia. Like they were kind of in contact with McGillney before going over to Russia to like recruit him, but there it was a huge deal because the Russian government had like spies watching <laughs> Americans in the USSR at all time. Like there's a bunch of shit that just goes on. I could talk about this that documentary all day. I we're I just realized we're at over an hour here on this podcast. It's going a long time, so I'll stop talking about it. Basically, moral of the story is go watch that documentary. Um, I will find the name and announce it later in the podcast. But uh, yeah, this documentary was like it was revolutionary in or McGillney was kind of revolutionary in in hockey in the NHL. I mean, for Russia, yeah. Like he His most the iconic moment, for sure, was when him and Solani each scored 76 goals in the same season. Yeah. When he, when he was with the Sabres, I believe, in Solani's yeah, with the Jets. But yeah, okay, moving on to a very, very relatively new franchise. So basically everyone on their Mount Rushmore is on their roster right now. It's the biggest <laughs> Golden Knights. <laughs> Marc-Andre Fleury, Shea Theodore, Jonathan Marcheseau, and William Carlson. Yep. yep. I mean, pretty all very self-explanatory. Yeah, Thomas they, or no, Joe, you had Nate Schmidt instead of William Carlson, I think. Yes, I, the only reason I had Schmidt is cuz like I feel like he's more of a fan favorite. Honestly, this is a toss-up. <laughs> like, like Carlson Car- by the had end that of, 43 goals, right? Yeah, and he won the Lady Bing or whatever. Yeah. Let's talk about this Mount Rushmore in 10 years and I can guarantee you that William Carlson, Nate Schmidt and Possibly, Shea Theodore probably won't be in the conversation. We'll see. We'll see. Again, all self-explanatory. Yeah, and then our last team is a bit of a weird one because they also existed back then, and they now exist now. They were also the Atlanta Thrashers. So I don't know what you guys want to do here because we're if we're excluding the original Winnipeg Jets, then we're not putting names down like Timu Solane, Dale Howarchuk, Thomas Steen. So I don't know what you guys want to do here. Uh, I, th- I think we Combine stick with both. No, I think we, we do two separate. So like the old Winnipeg Jets, and then we could do like the, the Atlanta Thrashers slash Winnipeg Jets. Okay, so for the old one, I only know like three players. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, like well, Tame Solani and, and Howarchuk, I think is how you pronounce it. Yes. Those two guys have to be Wait, on didn't it. Keith Kachuk play for them as well? Yes, he did. Yeah, he, but he did. Not, okay. not long, though, I don't not think. Not long, no. Um, 300 games. played for them? Oh, shit. No, that's another team. Were you going to say Sundin? I always no. confuse Sundin playing for the Jets instead of the Nordiques. I don't know why. The I know Nordiques had the Nordiques, so many good but... players, man. Oh, shit. The Nordiques is another team that we could do. Yeah, we could. Yeah, we could. <laughs> we could do that in a different episode, though. But no, I guess we, we could do the it in the West, uh, Eastern Conference. But yeah, I guess we could focus on the Atlanta Thrashers Winnipeg Jets franchise here. Okay, so for that one... Okay, if that's own... the case, we gotta, we gotta adjust it. Yeah, so I think one guy who's their first overall pick has to be there. Yeah. Kovalchuk. Okay, so for our overall Mount Rushmore for this one... We have Blake Wheeler, Dustin Bufflin, who we mentioned earlier in this episode. He he uh, he's probably going to retire. He terminated his contract. Uh, Mark Shifley and Ilya Kovalchuk. You guys forgot about I- Ilya Kovalchuk. No, I just well, didn't I know just, what we were yeah, doing. Yeah, yeah, I didn't know oh, either. Okay, I, okay, yeah. I see. I've just put Brian Little there because he was with the Thrashers as well, but obviously he's still with the Jets now. Mm-hmm. But since we we agreed to incorporate both Kovalchuk's easily, like in there. 
Yep. Yeah, another guy. Years. Another guy that played for the Thrashers that was kind of a big deal was Danny Heatley. Yeah. <laughs> Marion Hosa as well. Yes, Marion Hosa, Hosa yeah. yes. I forgot about him. Marion Hosa yeah. Haas. Haas, yep. I want to go to the Atlanta Thrashers because they don't have them combined on quant hockey. Yeah, so on I'm hockey going, reference, I'm, they don't. You're right. I'm going to just Atlanta Thrashers right now. and They are the same franchise, though. Yeah, yeah so like their 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 thing is so weird. What they do at games, like they don't mention the old ones really. Like it's like it tech because like every time they tweet out like a stat alert, it's always like, oh, this guy passed Ilya Kovalchuk, but Ilya Kovalchuk never played for the Jets. Yeah, so but so it makes sense because it was the same franchise. Though. Yeah, yeah. Gotta do that. But you're right. Like it is kind of odd because they weren't even in the same city at all, and their <laughs> logos are completely different. Yeah. Yes. So, but no, they actually, know. like... That's like the um, Quebec Nordiques, though, in Colorado Avalanche, too. Yeah, similar. But the Nordiques, for some reason... Like, I honestly have no idea why they moved. The Nordiques? Yeah, people don't they realize... so many good players and teams, like... <laughs> well, that, and people don't realize that in, in Quebec, still to this day... Like, there's still Quebec Nordiques fans. <laughs> they, I know. Like, they the still rep their apparel and, like, yeah, you're right. The yeah, Expos like is another team, to too. It, I yeah. don't know. Like, if, if the league decides to make another expansion team after Seattle, which they probably will down the road. Time. No, it won't be for, like, years. Yeah. But, like, in our lifetime, I think there will be at least one or two more. Um, but... Quebec, I think, is like a first ballot expansion city. To Gary Bettman, it hasn't been for years. Or just even, a, not even expansion, just a relocation. Like, goddamn Arizona. No, man, but like... I you don't know. need to expand. Need... Why do you... I don't understand. There's if there, Since Seattle's coming, that's 32 teams. The NHL is already like not even that popular in the States. So why are you adding more than 32? It just doesn't make sense to me. If you're going you're right, to you're right. do cities, you have to relocate other ones. 32 is like an absolute max. Like the NFL has 32, MLB has 30, NBA has 30. So you, a league that's the least popular of the main four should not have more than 32 teams. Yeah, but if you do add more, let's say, let's say they get to 34 eventually, maybe even 36 like in a long, long time. Then what the league would probably do is they would play less um, out of conference games. They'd play more in conference games, which would be better for like traveling and like money and everything. Like teams would save a lot of money on traveling and shit like that. Mm-hmm. And um, it would make winning your conference a lot, like a much bigger Meaningful. deal than winning the cup. Yeah, because mm-hmm. right now I don't know if you guys would agree, but if you win your conference in the playoffs, it's not such a big deal at all. Clearly like, not for Tampa last year. I mean, they got swept. No, I'm talking about the playoffs. Oh, the Eastern Conference Final and stuff like that. Yeah, like if yeah, like Conference Finals. I'm talking oh, about. Oh, you're saying that. Like it, yeah, it would make that a much bigger deal, and then it would make winning the Stanley Cup like a huge deal. Yeah. But um, I was gonna say something uh, about I think it was Brian Burke was on like Chicklets or something like that. I was listening to that interview. I know I referenced them a lot, but like they have some good good content oh they're unbelievable um anyways burke was talking about how i think he was asked about if he could see another expansion team like joining the league or like or what he thinks about a relocation and he said something about how the league apparently 
all franchises do something weird with revenue where like they, they add up the total revenue of the league. And even if the bottom teams aren't making like a certain amount of money, they still get paid like a certain percentage of the league's revenue. So for example, the Leafs could be generating like, Mm -hmm. let's say like a billion dollars in, in revenue. Okay. Which is like that. I know that number is insane, but like, I'm just going to use that as, as an example. And then the Florida Panthers could generate like $750,000 in revenue. If you add those two together, the the Florida Panthers are entitled to like, I think it's 20, 20, or no, that's too high. I don't remember the percentage. There's a certain percentage that all teams get of like the, the league pool revenue. So the Florida Panthers might generate $750,000 in revenue, but because the Leafs generated so much more, like, the, the Panthers are basically getting money from the, the Leafs and other teams that are making like hundreds of thousands of dollars extra in revenue. Yeah, typical NHL. Which is stupid because like why would you even have a team in the league? Why would you have a team even, in Florida yeah. or Arizona when you could have a team in Quebec and make way more revenue and sell way more tickets, have a much bigger fan base um, than in a city like Arizona or Florida. Yeah. You know what I mean? I know we just went off topic here for, uh, or I went off topic here. Sorry about that. But I mean, we were kind of talking about relocation and expansion. So I I think, I think you're right, Joe. Like maybe the league should consider relocating instead of expanding. Yeah. That's been a discussion for years for to try to get Quebec back in the league. And even for like ready too. Right. Yeah. And even for Montreal Expos, they have a baseball diamond ready to go. They do. And uh, the NBA, like, let's see another Canadian team, like Vancouver. Let's get them back. And, like, the NBA, yeah. I think, will add another Canadian team. Um, within the next 10 years, I think they will for sure. They well, have to. Like, stop. Vancouver is another city that they're a huge metropolitan area in, in, in Canada. And, I mean, I know they had an NBA team there at one time, and then they relocated, but they deserve a an NBA team, I think. I think basketball is growing in in Canada, and that's yeah, that's yeah. a whole different conversation, though. But yeah, I would I would like just going on that. I would argue that basketball has kind of overtaken hockey just a bit the last year. Yeah, because of the championship, you're saying? For sure, yeah, hundred percent. Like I, I just see it when I go outside, and the people are just playing basketball. Like even myself, I'm playing 2K more than NHL right now. Like yeah, yeah, that's that's a good point. So, and I, I know, like, even at school, well, I mean, we're not in high school anymore, but I know when we were in high school, like, yeah. basketball was that sport, at least at our high school, Thomas, where, mm-hmm. like, it wasn't, yeah, no like, one. students, not, like, the student population didn't care so much about basketball, but it was a huge, like, program and, like, a huge deal, like, yeah, it, nobody cares it's about a much, it. big, it's a much bigger deal no, but it's a much bigger deal. Like, like I guess what I'm trying to say is that the basketball community in Canada is like, it's not necessarily super popular, like to to the whole population mm-hmm. of the country, but there, like, it's still like a, a super big deal to those that are in are For involved sure. in it. Yeah, if that yeah. makes sense, does that make, no, sense? It makes sense? Yeah, it makes sense. Like you understand, like to so the people involved, I, it's a big deal, but to other that. people, it's not. Yes, like it's right? it's a much bigger deal than people think. Yeah, for, yeah like than I Americans agree. might think. Yeah, if that makes yeah. sense at all. 
Yeah, even then, like I feel like people, like kids coming up now, are playing more basketball yeah. than hockey for sure. Yeah. Hockey, yeah, minor hockey numbers are way down compared to when we were playing. That has to do up. with money too, which makes sense. But yeah, uh, yeah, and also has to do with what's going on around the world in the yeah. world of sport. Like Crosby scored the game-winning goal for Canada. Like that was a huge deal for hockey. It was. Another factor winning. for hockey, though, why hockey numbers went down was because of contact. <laughs> yeah. I know parent. No, like this is a, a. It's a serious thing. Like I know parents stopped enrolling their kids in hockey because they, like, they were finding out about like the whole like head injury deal and mm-hmm. like concussions and all that. Which I'm rambling on here. I'm sorry. I apologize. We're yeah, like, well, we this is a long right ass episode. <laughs> yeah, it's well, it's been long. a good one though. I think it's all solid conversations we've been having. So it's all yeah. I guess. So, uh, yeah, what articles are you guys working on? You can just wrap it up quickly. Joe? Um, so this week, now, so obviously baseball is stopped, obviously, but I've been doing this, like, mini-series of, like, top five players at each position. So this upcoming week, I'm going to do – I just did left fielders, so now I'm going to do right fielders this upcoming week, and it's probably the most stacked position, player position yeah. in the MLB today. So that's going to be a good list to do. That's where all the heavy hitters are, seems yep. like. Yep. Um, for the fourth week in a row, third week in a row now, I've, I still, I the still haven't thing, gotten eh? around to the rookie card <laughs> thing. Like I've been talking about that for weeks. I do have like it is done, but all of the prices are outdated now because I I wrote it like weeks ago. But now that I am done school, like I have time to actually go back and do all the research and shit and get that out finally. So, yeah, now you got the time, yeah. so you can now write it, right? Yeah, so that's one thing that I'll do, and then I don't know, I might do other shit that I might just think of this week. But that's basically it. Yep. Uh, I guess basically, final words for me is we have shirts on sale on T Public, so go check that out. We have the ad in the episode here today. So, oh, uh, you- one one last thing. Uh, I know that there's there's two guys from the breakdown sports that are uh, like kind of they kind of started following the the Chinese Premier Baseball League, uh, and I know that they're live streaming tonight. So I don't know when people are gonna hear this, but if you are listening to this, if you're interested in following a sport, <laughs> because there are no sports in North America going on right now. Uh, go check out their live stream because they'll be talking about like like they're basically gonna have like an introductory live stream. I think like. Cause they're they're new to it too, like they're still learning about the league, um, but it's just something to do if you're bored during this time. So check that yep. out. And I know that they have been releasing like other um, Chinese baseball content on our website. For sure. So yeah, go check that out. Yeah, and as I mentioned, T Public has a bunch of shirts from the Breakdown Sports, so go check that out. For me, I may basically I have a Maple Leafs article coming out. Uh, should be out in the next few days. So. Not going to really spoil much, spoil much about that, but yeah, it's coming out in the next few days, so go check it out when it is out. That pretty much wraps everything up from N10. We had a busy discussion here today. Next week, we'll be, we'll be talking about the Mount Rushmore for the Eastern Conference team. So, end to end, we'll be back. Next Saturday. Join us. Woo!